When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, friends. Welcome to the podcast. I hope your day is treating you well. I am spending this quarter writing my book, which means that we are posting a few of my personal favorite episodes from the last year. This episode originally aired earlier this year, but I'm wondering if you got a chance to listen to it. If you're interested in the book, you can be one of the first people to know when it goes live by signing up for our newsletter list at clubenneagram.com. For now, thanks for being here and let's get into the episode. I am Sarah Jane Case and this is Enneagram and Coffee. So today we are diving into how our type pattern may impact our beliefs around morality and kindness. But first, today's rosebud and thorn. So my rose today is really simple, and it's that clicking sound that our laptop keys make. I love it. I love the way it makes me feel like a secretary in a movie, but I also love when other people's do it. It's like a very relaxing sound to me. I know for some people it drives them nuts, but for me, it is very, very pleasurable. I just got a new computer right at the end of 2020 because taxes. <laughs> I always buy like my big purchases right at the end because I'm like trying to get the deductions. But I got a new MacBook Air and the clickers on this guy are just so good. The little click sounds. If they annoy you, then just close your ears for a second because I'm going to make some click sounds for you. <laughs> this was not planned. Good, right? It's good. Okay, number two, the thorn for today is I'm in what we call a sprint season. When we talk about work-life balance, <laughs> I like to talk about how, you know, it's it's a long game. It's not something that you're going to do just, you know, day-to-day. It's not going to be perfectly balanced, but over the course of a year, maybe you have a pretty balanced year. So some seasons are pretty intense. So you're working like really, really hard so that you can rest a little bit later later. I am in a sprint season. And honestly, the first quarter of this year is a sprint season for me. It's just a really intense time. And it's been going for a while. And it's, it's, there's not really like a, I'm in the middle of it and I'm tired, but that's okay. My bud is I'm going to clean out my fridge this weekend. I'm so excited about it. So I'm recording this on a Friday, um, and you're getting this on a Monday. So tomorrow I am cleaning out my fridge and (laughs) having a disorganized fridge 
is honestly a major pet peeve of mine for a couple of reasons. I think one, it just feels overwhelming. But two, I feel like you don't eat your food. Like if I look in my fridge and I hate the way it looks in there, I don't want to surf through it to get to the back of things and figure out what it is that I have so that I cook things at home. It just makes everything feel harder. And I'm just every day this week, I have resisted eating out. Like I have just opened that fridge and been like, I could just eat out instead of doing this. And that's and the problem with that is that my fridge is stuffed, right? Like it's just like full of stuff. That's part of the problem. So it's just a bad plan. It just doesn't work. I love having a, a nice organized fridge and tomorrow it is going down. Okay. <laughs> um, I have a lot of feelings about fridges and, and keys. Okay. So let's dive into our conversation about morality. So one of the things that I find most fascinating about the Enneagram is how much our type structure is the water we're swimming in, meaning it's so much a part of ourselves that we lose our sense of what is unique to us and what is considered normal or standard human practice. Most of us, until finding the Enneagram, believed that our type was what everyone was striving for, and learning the Enneagram was kind of a major wake-up call to the fact that we've been holding ourselves to this invisible standard that others aren't even trying to meet, right? Like, as a type 7, I thought, everybody wants to just be happy all the time and is trying not to feel their negative emotions and wants to feel free, and life is built out of adventure, and positive thinking is is saintly, (laughs) you know? That's what I thought everyone was doing learning the Enneagram, I'm like, oh, wait, there's some people who just like validate their own emotions. Crazy. So when we want to dive a bit into kindness or goodness, we really have to take this into account. How does our Enneagram type impact our sense of right and wrong, good or bad or kind or unkind? The hope for our conversation today is that it helps you to become more of an observer of this in your own life so that it aids you in separating yourself from the overwhelming burden of living up to your type pattern. It can also help you to expand your definition of goodness, right? To start to notice the ways in which you have a one-track mind around what is kind and what is not, and see other languages of kindness around you. So let's dive into kind of my understanding of morality from each type, and we can keep the conversation going on Instagram if you want to share your personal thoughts or feelings on your type and morality. So for our type ones, a lot of what I hear from our type ones is that they really respect impeccable moral character, right? Making the right decision, making the right call, being the same in front of your, in front of me that you would be in private, um, having a high, like such a high level of integrity that you cannot be caught messing up. Also being thorough, you know, uh, sometimes I've had type ones even comment on posts of mine where there's a typo and they're like, can I trust the rest of this post because there's a typo in it? Being thorough is something that our type ones do to show kindness, but also it shows them that you respect them when you're thorough and doing things the best possible way. Our type ones often kind of think through what's the best possible way to do this? How can this be improved? And They might show you kindness by doing things the best possible way, and you can show them kindness by trusting that they really do think this is the best possible way. And if it really doesn't matter to you, maybe you can show them kindness by doing it the way that they really prefer. 
Our type twos, anticipating needs. A lot of our type twos kind of walk around swimming in the emotions of other people, kind of aware of what you're feeling, what you need, or at least trying to guess at what that could be and trying to anticipate and meet those needs. And so their kindness, they show kindness through anticipating your needs and they experience kindness by you anticipate, anticipating their needs. This is kind of that what are you swimming in thing where the Enneagram's a wake-up call to the fact that everyone else isn't doing that, right? That um, some of us, we're just thinking about ourselves <laughs> or we're just thinking about whatever it is that we have to do that day or whatever's on our mind. We're not focusing our attention on on them and what they need or want. And because of that, their needs get anticipated less frequently than they're anticipating the needs of other people. So... A lot of times that's how they show kindness and receive kindness. The second way is being selfless. There's this sense that in order to be a good person or to do the right thing, you have to sacrifice. Another way in which our twos show kindness or kind of express their morality is through warmth and sharing kind words, you know, being flattering and making other people feel good about themselves. For our type threes, an act of kindness from our type threes is sometimes just leaving people to do their work uninterrupted. Our threes value uninterrupted work time. And so um, a lot of times an act of kindness for a three in your life is actually just giving them a little bit of space while they're working. And they might show you that as a form of respect as well. Like I see that you're working, I'm going to give you your space. Another way that our threes might show kindness is helping people to achieve their goals, kind of adopting your goal as their own and helping to drive you toward things that you want to do and celebrating your wins with you. I know that a lot of threes, they receive so much kindness. It feels so kind to really treat their wins as your own to be like, yes, I'm so, that's amazing. I'm so happy for you. I'm here with you. I don't feel threatened by that. You know, if we, it expressing that, you're just as happy for as happy for them and the things that they're doing as you would be for yourself is a really big deal because it makes them feel safe to share their accomplishments and their goals. And they're likely, you know, in, in when they're showing kindness, they're going to show you that kindness through helping you to achieve your goals, pushing you toward them, and also celebrating your wins with you. Our type fours, ways that they show kindness are validating emotions, um, you know, validating your emotions, telling you that it's okay to feel the way that you feel. My husband, I told you before, like in my grief journey and even in my stress of work stress, he's just so validating. He'll just say, oh yeah, what you're, yeah, it's real what you're experiencing and it's hard and that's tough. And that is such a beautiful act of kindness. Believing who people tell you they are. You know, our type fours want to be able to tell you who they are and you can show them kindness by believing them. You know, when they say, I'm this kind of person, just being like, oh, wow, okay, cool. You're this kind of person, like believe them. And they're going to do the same for you. When you tell them who you are, they'll believe you. And that's a, that's a way that they can show you kindness. And I don't know, I, this one I almost didn't put in, but I, I feel it on, a, have a lot of fours in my life. And they all do this, but I wouldn't say that this is necessarily like Enneagram. I didn't learn this in any of my training programs. I'll say it like, I'll say it like that. But every four that I know offers the benefit of the doubt. Like they just assume good intent. And 
I love that. And I, I can kind of think about, okay, well, if you, you know, our type fours, some of the wounds there are feeling like the black sheep, feeling like something's wrong with them. And so there's almost, I've noticed almost this sense of like not doing that to other people, um, intentionally telling people that I trust, I trust you. And I think there's something really beautiful about that. I don't know if that it's necessarily technically correct, but fours, I would love to hear from you. Do you feel like you tend to give the benefit of the doubt? All right, type fives. Type fives show and receive kindness through space, giving you your space and your privacy, and you can show them kindness by giving them their space and their privacy. Also taking care of yourself. It's a real act of kindness to our fives if you take care of yourself, if you've just like aren't relying on them for your well-being. And they're going to do the same for you. Like they're going to take care of themselves. And that is an act of kindness saying, I've got me so that you don't have to carry that burden. And it's a nice thing to do vice versa, right? And another way to show kindness to our fives is to ask about their interests, to really engage them in dialogue around the things that fascinate them so that they're in their wheelhouse, their comfort zone. And the more that I talk to the type fives in my life, the more aware I am of how that feeds their energy. Our fives kind of lose energy throughout the day or, you know, they kind of perceive the world as if they're losing energy throughout the day. But as they engage in their interests and that energy cup gets filled back up. If you, this podcast episode hasn't come out yet, but it will come out soon. An interview with Morgan Harper Nichols, who um, identifies as type five. And and she talks about how she can be in a room and her energy will be like depleting. And she'll be like, okay, I'm going to have to need to leave this social situation soon. But then someone all of a sudden brings up something they're interested in. And it's like, whoa, we're back in the game. Like we're back in. And so sometimes an, an act of kindness for our five is to ask them about the things that they're interested in and vice versa. You know, our fives can ask you about the things that you're interested in to show um, kind of a mutual respect and, and a, a, an act of kindness for you. Today's podcast is brought to you by StoryWorth. This holiday season, I want to give a gift to my loved ones that makes them feel special and unique, just like the relationship that we share together. And that's why I'm giving everyone I care about StoryWorth. StoryWorth is an online service that helps you and your loved ones preserve precious memories and stories for years to come. It is a thoughtful and meaningful gift that connects you to those who matter most. Every week, StoryWorth emails your relative or friend a thought-provoking question of your choice from their past pool of possible options. Each unique prompt asks questions you've never thought to ask, like what's the bravest thing you've ever done in your life? Or if you could see into the future, what would you want to find out? After one year, StoryWorth will compile all your loved one's stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book that you'll be able to share and revisit for generations to come. This is amazing when you think about the people in my life that I have lost, who I wish I had these words from and these pictures from and this like memory treasure trove from them. So I want to get ahead of doing this for the people who I love now, who I know won't always be here. Reading the weekly stories helps connect you with the loved ones, no matter how near or far apart you are. With StoryWorth, I am giving those I love most a thoughtful, personal gift from the heart and preserving their memories and stories for years to come. Go to storyworth.com slash egram and save 
save $10 on your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash egram to save $10 on your first purchase. Thank you, Storyworth, for supporting the podcast. All right, our type sixes, you know, our type six, when we think about morality and doing the right thing and being kind, they're really big on being dependable. Make sure I can count on you. Uh, making sure that they're that you can count on them. Um, checking in on people. Making sure that you kind of check in on the six and say, how are you? How have you been? I've been thinking about you. And vice versa. Um, and then I think another thing that I've noticed, and again, this is kind of a pattern thing that I've seen, is showing interest in their community. Who are the people that are most important to them? And by loving those people, it's almost as if you are showing love to the six themselves. I see this a lot in our kiddo who is, who I don't, I can't say for sure that he's a type six, but I just kind of think he might be, you know, he feels safe when I love his dad most, you know, when I show his dad affection, which, you know, I think that's just kids in general, but he has this loyal, this, this sense of like family that is so important to him and so sacred to him in a way that like I didn't feel as a kid. And the more stable I make that feel, the better it feels to him. But also when I ask about his friends at school, when I say like, how's your friend doing? Did they have a good day today? It lights him up as if, you know, it's it's almost like I'm asking, it's like a similar thing, like asking about his interests, but it's like the people that he cares about. Because, you know, I think our sixes do become so connected to their community, so connected to the things that they, whether that's, depending on your subtype as a six, whether that's like a religion that you're subscribed to or a political system that you're subscribed to, or if it's a community that you feel like you belong to or people that you feel deeply connected to, showing interest in those things can be an act of kindness. And that may be the way that they show kindness back. A lot of the sixes in my life ask me about my mom or my husband or my friends. And that's kind of a a showing of, hey, I care about you and I care about the people that you care about. Type seven, a lot of times type sevens give and receive kindness through positivity, you know, through not complaining, um, by being easy to be around and fun to be around. We also show kindness by bringing our best. And this is sometimes, and I think all of these obviously can be to our detriment. I'm ob- this is kind of coming up for me is because this is my type. And so I'm like, well, this can be to my detriment. Um, but sometimes it's about bringing our best. We think it's kind to show up with a good attitude or to show up um, happy. We don't always bring the darkness with us. And that is the way that we think we need to show kindness, right? The other way that we think we need to show kindness is not shooting down ideas. As a seven, if you come to me with a brainstorm and you're like, I'm thinking about doing this, I have this big plan. I will not be the guy who tells you how this is going to fail. Not my wheelhouse. Not That's not what we come to me for. We come to me because you know you believe in it and you need to be validated in the fact that it's going to work out. That's what I do. <laughs> and vice versa, that is what I want, right? If, if that is showing me kindness, if I come to you with an idea or I present an option, if you are like, here's all the belief that I have in it, that to me is an act of kindness, Obviously, you know, it's easier for, you know, as I'm reading other people's, I'm like, these are just nice things. And as I'm reading mine, I'm like, well, these are complicated things. And it's the same for all of us, right? As we, all of the things that are our act of kindness overused, over functioning, 
don't serve us well, but in their proper place, they're beautiful, right? And so the same thing was not shooting down ideas. In its proper place, it's beautiful. And when when you don't know for sure that this is what people are asking of you as a type seven, if you have a seven in your life and you're not sure that they want you to help think through the ways this could go wrong, it's always safe to lean on the side of not shooting down their ideas. That's the way I'll phrase it. Type eights. You know, type eights show kindness by being direct, being upfront, making sure that you know where you stand. They show kindness by being quick and to the point, um, respecting your time. They also show kindness and receive kindness through like protection and defending, being the strong one, um, physically putting themselves in the path of fire so that other people can be safe. And in the same way, our aides kind of receive kindness. Like they they want to know that you're trustworthy. So the more direct you are with them, the more they're going to trust you. And therefore, the ki- more kindness they're going to be able to receive from you. If you're quick and to the point, it will feel like you respect their time. And if you you power up when they power up, it shows them that they don't they can relax a little bit and they don't have to be the strong ones. Type nine shows kindness through not interjecting, right? Through waiting their turn. They show kindness through letting someone else finish their thought, making sure that you feel fully heard. Ooh, and they receive kindness through that, you guys. If you listen to the end and you wait and you ask clarifying questions, that will be such a nice way to love your nine, okay? Just trust me on that. And then not being overly opinionated as to make others comfortable are type nines. And again, this is one of those things, like if you take it all the way too far, this becomes a thing that's to the nine's detriment, but it's also kind of the natural way in which they tend to show kindness. They don't want to make you feel like you can't have your opinion by expressing their opinion too directly. And so they might hide their opinion a little bit so that you feel safe to express yours. So maybe through this conversation, we're able to see how we show kindness, what we interpret as kindness, right? Because if I'm a type seven and I give kindness through positivity and bringing my best and not shooting down ideas and someone's trying to love me, show kindness to me through being direct and upfront and to the point, I might interpret that as not being kind, right? But if I know, oh, that person's a type eight, I can recognize that as their form of showing kindness. So what we interpret as kindness from other people, and hopefully we'll even expand our understanding of what someone is sharing with us that we may not naturally interpret as kindness, but now we can, right? Again, let's have a conversation about this on Instagram. If you related what you think kindness is based on your type structure, or if you have clarifying ideas that you would like to share. As always, it is such a joy to create this content for you. Tomorrow, we will dive into a conversation around kindness from all three centers, head, heart, and gut. And um, if you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean a lot if you took a few moments and left a rating and review in iTunes. That's kind of how we get our podcast to new people. So it means the world to podcasters and will mean a lot to me. And I will see you guys tomorrow for our next episode. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.